Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. We are coming towards the end of an inspired letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to Christians in Ephesus, exploring Ephesians. Our topic today, Supreme Loyalty to Christ, dealing with a lot of different relationships, but a principle that will guide us in everything we do. So welcome to Hope Sabbath School and welcome to the team. Good to be together again, yeah. learning some practical things about being saved by grace and then growing in grace yes. and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. We're glad you're here. We've got some remote team members joining us. Rodney, good to see you again. Always glad you're here. Oh, Glennie, welcome back. And Glennie, just hold a second before we go to the next person because Glennie is the lead vocalist on our theme song we're going to be singing today. Glennie, thank you for doing that. And we've got one more. Sabina, welcome back. Always good to have you on our team. People say, I love the way that the Zoomers just zoom up onto the screen. <laughs> well, we're glad they're part of our team too. And we're glad that you're part of our Hope Sabbath School team, wherever you are. We know our app's used in about 200 countries, so we'd love to hear from you how you're blessed through an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. You can just write to us at sshope at hopetv.org. Actually, we're getting scores. That's more than 12. That's 20 times. Uh, scores of notes on our YouTube channel from people. Mm. We've got more than 90,000 subscribers on a newly launched YouTube channel. So if you're a YouTuber, go there and subscribe mm. and share with us how you're blessed. We'd love to hear from you. Here's a note from, I don't know how to say your name, but it looks like Kuir Yuach. Kuir Yuach, writing to us from Rwanda, but originally from South Sudan. I'll get an email telling me how I should have said that, I'm sure. <laughs> Greetings, Hope Sabbath School members. Give Kuir a, a wave. My name is Kuir Ruach, or Juach. I'm from South Sudan, living in Rwanda. I became part of this lovely Hope Sabbath School after hearing about it from my friend mm. early in January of 2021. Back in South Sudan, I used your lesson, lesson presentation methodology, which is what? What's our methodology, Jason? Interactive. Interactive, right? In my English class, and it was fantastic. Yes. <laughs> I'm at a loss of words to express my happiness and gratitude. May God bless you and keep you safe as we await his return. Amen. Well, thanks so much for writing to us. Kuir, I hope I said your name right, and we're glad you're part of our Hope Sabbath School family. Amen. Well, here's a note. Let me take one from a YouTube person. We got lots of those here. Uh, this person, Linda, writes, and she says, Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I'm thinking, what happened? <laughs> it's been a while since I watched Hope Sabbath School, and your new studio set looks amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm asking for prayer for my son and his son, her grandson, that God break the stronghold effect of video gaming mm. on both of them. Please pray that my son starts desiring a close walk with Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's a prayer of a mother and grandmother. Linda asked for that special prayer. We want to remember that prayer. Here's a note from a donor. And the donor writes and says, Greetings all. 
get the wave. We won't get a name. Mm -hmm. But you'll know who you are if you're watching. And the donor says, may Almighty God continue to bless Hope Sabbath School team. Mm -hmm. I've been a Seventh-day Adventist Christian for 10 years, and I want you to know <coughs> that your team is a bright light to me. Amen. Amen. Oh, amen. Wow. Mm -hmm. Something was missing in my life, and it was Hope Sabbath School. <laughs> I listened to Hope Sabbath School every day, including all of the repackaged daily programs that you do. It's so personal. I love the Lord very much, and it's hard to connect with many people alike today. I identify with the genuine love you all have. I feel the Holy Spirit when I tune into your program. And the scripture songs are my favorite. This program has made a major change in my walk with Christ. I've learned so much. May God Almighty pour out his double portions of blessing to you all. Thanks so much. And I don't know what the donation was, and maybe it doesn't matter, but I just want to say thank you for partnering with us. We're a donor-supported ministry. Thank you. You know who you are. And thanks for such an encouraging note. By the way, if you've been praying, saying, I'd like to help that ministry impact the world for Christ, go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. Click on the little yellow donate button, and I'll say thank you, <laughs> because we're all part of a great miracle of God. One last note on our Facebook page from Bell Navis. That's an interesting name. Bell Navis writes, a very simple message and yet a good reminder for us today. I love watching Hope Sabbath School because it gives me a better understanding of the Bible. Amen. That's why we do what we do. I do remember one person complained to me about Hope Sabbath School. They said, you're always reading from the Bible. <laughs> it's like, that's what we do. Yes. It's an in-depth interactive study of the Word of God. Now, we want to make it relevant. We yes. want to share testimonies, right? Yes. But to have someone say, it's helping me better understand the Bible, Amen. that's, a, that's a, great, a great blessing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Well, we're almost to the end of our series. I hope you downloaded yep. the free gift we have, Acts of the Apostles. It's available in more than 20 languages, a digital copy for you. Just go to our website. It's got more than 40 chapters about the Apostle Paul's ministry. That's what we're studying in his writing to the Ephesians. SS Hope is where you write for an email, but our website is hopetv.org slash hopess. Go there, click on the free gift button in the middle of the screen, and download in whatever language you would prefer a tremendous study resource about the ministry of the Apostles, including the Apostle Paul. Many have done that already. If you haven't, Today's a reminder for you. But right now, I need you to sing. I know some of you sing better than we do. We are not a famous choir. We are just a group of Bible students singing a scripture song. Well, it's actually the words are by the Apostle Paul. And the tune my wife composed to help us memorize. And Glennie, one of our team members joining us remotely, did the lead vocals. Let's sing along with her. Worthy of the calling, I therefore beseech you. 
with which you were called. With holiness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love. With holiness and gentleness, with long there'll be a lot of boys and girls and uh, parents and grandparents walking around singing that song mm -hmm. and you say where'd you get that song from and they'll say well it's right out of the Bible mm -hmm. and it's a great way to hide God's Word in our hearts mm -hmm. today we're talking about practicing supreme loyalty to Christ but what does that look like mm -hmm. in our relationships that we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to guide us as we study this inspired letter to the Ephesians let's pray our Father in heaven, thank you that your word is indeed a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And Jesus, thank you most of all that you are the light of the world. And so as we study together, what does it look like in our relationships to practice supreme loyalty to you, Lord Jesus? Guide us in our study, each Hope Sabbath School member around the world. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, we've been studying through an inspired letter. Now, you know in the original letters, there were no chapters and verses. It was just mm -hmm. a letter. Mm -hmm. And they would read the letter, and people would listen, just like it says in Revelation. Blessed are those who hear and the one who reads. Yes. Mm -hmm. So they would read the letter, and people would listen. And I'm amazed. They must have read it many times, because we've been going through it, and there's a lot to learn. But we've come to what we call chapter 6. And Stephanie, if you'd begin our study sure. today by reading the first three verses. Now, before we read about counsel to children, what was the previous part of the letter about? Anybody remember? Jackson. And wives. Well, first counsel to wives and then counsel to husbands. And it's like, love each other the way Christ loves the church. It was a self-sacrificing love. It was nourishing mm -hmm. yep. and cherishing. Oh, you remember, right? <laughs> you say, well, if I ever meet someone like that, I'll marry him, right? 
if they'll nourish and cherish and love me like Christ loves the church and praise God for that. But now he moves on to those who are married and have children and to those who have other relationships uh, that we need to look at together. So Stephanie, chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. All right, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Amen. So help me now, what age group of children do you think Paul has in mind when he says children, love, how does it put it, children, obey, obey. your parents. Uh, what age group do you think he has in mind? All. Nicole? I would say all age groups because we're all children. So we're all children. So you would say there would never be a time that this doesn't apply to us? In the Lord, no. Okay, so we're going to get the qualification in a yes. minute. But we, we grow up, we leave home, perhaps. Yeah. Some of us are still living at home. But we leave home or we may have children of our own. But we're still children yes. mm -hmm. to someone while they're still living until they sleep in the Lord, right? Um, but Nicole, Talk to me about that qualification because it says, obey your parents in the Lord. Yes. Talk to me about that. It's similar to something we talked about um, in a prior lesson, which is in the Lord. It's in that love, it's in understanding of God's word that we should obey those who are in authority over us. And so it's not just do, 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 it's do because God would want you to do it. And so I think that we have to make that distinction that we are doing because in the Lord, we are. We want to please Him. We want to glorify Him, and that includes being submissive to those who are in authority over us. So the word "obey" is there. That's a very strong word, isn't it? We find uh, we find that. I mean, obey is like it's not optional. Would there ever be a time? And this is a difficult question if we're talking about little ones, right? Mm. Uh, would there be ever be a time? when a child should disobey a parent. Mm, what do you think, Shay? Well, I think it's important to remember, again, uh, like it stated in the text, uh, that you're supposed to obey your parents in the Lord. So if there's ever a time that your parents ask you to do something that goes against what's in the Bible or what God would want you to do, that's a time where I think it would be appropriate to disobey. Mm. So that's pretty challenging. I remember a youngster, a teenager saying, I want to confess my love for Jesus in baptism, but my parent won't allow it. Mm. Uh, well, in that situation, would they maybe have to wait until they're 18? I don't know. But if it's a moral issue, what if they say, uh, okay, I'll distract them while you steal that old lady's purse. You're saying that would be an example, right? Mm -hmm. Where the child would say, Mom, Dad, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. mm. I'm going to beat you if you don't do that. Well, I'll, I'll have to take a beating. I saw some hands from our remotes. Uh, Sabina, did you have your hand raised? Uh, we don't want children to say, great, now I can disobey my parents. Because the Bible does say to obey your parents in the Lord. It's hard for a child to know when they would say, I, I, I really can't do that. Sabina? Pastor Derek, I think that to begin with, it's so important that we understand the backdrop to which Paul was presenting these councils that 
we sometimes just take like explaining household codes without understanding the whole context to which he was speaking in that church, right? So I think that my contribution as far as this concern, you know, like does the parents or is remembering that in their context within a household, the father was a supreme authority and the people underneath him had no voice. And actually I see that Paul here is, is calling them to have a voice, giving them the possibility of responding as independent entities. So for me, this is speak to then adjusting to our time, to the importance that we recognize the voices in the context. But then for a child, I would assume that there is a, an age until then that they are developing their own volition and will in which they still need to pay due, you know, uh, obedience to their parents. But eventually they become independent agents that need to first and foremost Honor God. Stay with so us for a minute, Sabina. Yeah. Don't don't put your mic off because I want to ask you a question. Some of you have heard, some people have heard your testimony when you accepted Christ personally as your Savior at age 15, and you shared with us that your mother did not support that decision. So that's an example. But you went ahead and confessed. Did she forbid that, or did you just sense she didn't give support? So she, she opposed it uh, strongly. So in her ethics as a mother, she couldn't force my will otherwise, but she made strong opposition. And I didn't feel like I had the moral obligation to just because he didn't want me to follow Jesus, not to do so. Okay. So, so that's an ex there's a dilemma. So maybe we talked about this in other situations. We can't say one size fits all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe uh, a, a teenager, she was 15, would need to counsel and say, I don't know what to do here. My parent is strongly opposed. I, I remember someone who may be watching Hope Sabbath School today because she watches. As a teenager, she confessed her love for Jesus at a Christian high school. And her father, who was Jewish, said, if you don't renounce Jesus, mm. you will be banished from the family. Mm. So what would you tell that young lady to do? That's, that's uh, I don't know that Sabina's mother ever threatened to banish her. This young lady renounced Jesus and became uh, a promiscuous, addicted uh, woman, mm. went through three marriages and a life of turmoil until about, uh, well, a little under 30 years ago, she decided that she wanted to be whole. Mm -hmm. She is now a devoted follower of Jesus. Mm -hmm. But what would, she, what would she think? She's maybe watching today, but she medicated with all kinds of other things mm -hmm. because she had to let go of Jesus because a parent told mm -hmm. her, you can't do that. I don't know. But certainly, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Mom, Dad, I, we don't know what would have happened. But Mom, Dad, I can't renounce Jesus. Mm -hmm. He's my Savior. He loved me so much he gave himself for me. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe we need to, if we ever see a child in that dilemma, uh, we don't want to force them to disobey, but we ought to support them. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. It's interesting. 
it quotes from one of the Ten Commandments, right? Mm -hmm. yep. As a commandment, how did it put it? Uh, with promise, promise. Mm -hmm. yeah. that, that your, it may be well with you, you may live long upon mm -hmm. the earth. Uh, mm -hmm. Anybody here ever been challenged to obey your parents? That's like, wow, Rodney, uh, this, this can't always be easy. Yes, Derek, I wanted to go back to a question you asked earlier about children and wanting to give their hearts to Jesus. I, I recall a few years ago, we went to Belize to do an evangelistic series. And there was a, an 11 year old who attended the meetings and she wanted to get baptized. And her mother was totally against um, her getting baptized, very similar to Sabina's story. It's interesting that the, the, the 11 year old told the pastor um, that she wanted to, to give her heart to Jesus. And she asked the pastor and us as elders to come and speak with the mother. And we actually did. We went there. We prayed with, um, with her mother. We counseled with her. And eventually the Spirit worked, the Holy Spirit worked in such a way that she allowed her daughter, 11-year-old, to get baptized. So you'll be amazed how the Spirit can work through different means um, to achieve you know, children giving their hearts to Jesus. Well, let's not give up too easily then, right? Mm -hmm. Let's not give up too easily, Just Samantha. I share an experience that I had. I was 19 years old and um, my mother, she lived away. She lived in America for a while, while I was living in Jamaica. So when I was in college, I got a chance to come to America for the first time. And she, I came on a program, a Joy Student Work program. And, and when I was trying to find a job, so everywhere I go, my mom would go with me and she, she would say that I should not tell the people I can't work on Saturdays, that, you know, there are Adventists who come and do that. And, you know, and I would just go against what she says because I know I was, I was very strong-willed and I know what I believed. And I just trusted God. And when I went for the interview at Kmart, I, I, I boldly told the lady that I could not work on, on Saturdays. And she was like, oh, I understand because I myself go, go to church on Sundays. And it just, it worked out. And yeah. I, I stood against, you know, what my mother said, but it was, it was for the right thing. So, mm. you know. So you had conviction about the Bible Sabbath. Yes. So you, you chose to, to rest on that day, as the commandment says. Yes. Your mom was saying just, it was like it wasn't important, you know, because mm -hmm. there were others who were doing it. You know, like she knew of other Seventh Day Adventists who they were working on Sabbath. Nothing is wrong with that. But then, you know, as you said, I was convicted that you mm -hmm. know I shouldn't. And and God opened the door, yes. just like He did in the story with the that uh, Rodney mentioned to us. Well, let's uh, well, after Sammy, after your comment, let's let's go on. There's some counsel for parents. Sure. Um, I just want to share experience from um, from my life. When I was nine years old, uh, there was a preacher who came to the church where we were at, and he was preaching. And there were many who wanted to give, you know, their lives to Christ. And was this back home in back India? At, back home in India, and and several people were, uh, you know, uh, getting rebaptized. And I was, I would say, emotional, and I saw others, and it's like, yeah, I also want to be baptized. But my parents said, no, you know, this is not the right age. And then, you know, a couple years later, I got baptized. Now, when I look back, I'm glad that my parents ah. stopped me from getting baptized at the time because I did not know enough about yeah. what, you know, baptism was and many things. And so at, at times, the other perspective is also for parents uh, because they know, you know, so much more. I think we need to uh, 
when, when someone wants to be baptized, we need to talk to them and find out what exactly is the reason. You know, is it just Very good kind point. of going, uh, are they wanting to go with the flow or are they really dedicating their life to Christ? Mm. And I've also talked to teenagers who were told that 13, 14, 15, they couldn't be baptized because they weren't old enough. And later, they, their parents said, well, it's time now. And they were like, well, I don't feel any different than I did mm. back then. And you told me I couldn't be baptized back then. So we need to recognize it may be different for different people. But you see, your parents mm. were counseling you in the Lord, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. They loved you. They loved the Lord. They're saying, Sammy, whatever they called you when you were little, <laughs> you know, uh, this is a big life decision. Mm -hmm. It would be well to wait a few years. Mm -hmm. How old were you when you eventually were baptized? Uh, when I was eventually baptized, I was 14. 14. Mm -hmm. That's how old I was, mm -hmm. too. Now, that's not the perfect age either. It yeah. may be different for different people. But mm -hmm. you're saying you understood more because uh, believer baptism is, is not just a ritual. It's mm -hmm. a personal mm -hmm. yes. commitment, right? That's yep. right. So uh, thank God for godly parents, mm -hmm. but sometimes an ungodly parent mm. may counsel you to do something or demand that you do something that is not of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says then we ought to obey God mm -hmm. rather than, rather than man. we would say man who is opposing the way of God, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Let's go on to verse 4 of Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6 verse 4, and this is to parents. And I'm going to ask, I'm looking, yes, Nicole, I know you're a parent. You've got a beautiful, some beautiful daughters. Uh, Ephesians 6 and verse 4. The New International Version says, Fathers, do not exacerbate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Mm. Uh, wow, that's a big word, exacerbate. <laughs> Does anyone have another mm. translation? And by the way, it is for fathers, but it, it applies to mothers too, doesn't Do it? Uh, another translation, Stephanie? Provoke. Provoke? Same Samuel, provoke. provoke, okay. Provoke. So fathers specifically, it's writing to, do not provoke your children to anger. Question, <laughs> what are some ways that a parent could provoke a child to anger? Anybody? Glenny? Maybe you've had some angry children come to you and like, my parents just make me so mad. Um, what are some things a parent could do to, to provoke a child to become angry? So many things. So many things. I was writing down a list. They can, first of all, even model anger to children. Maybe the way bad things happened in their workplace, they come home, spill it out on their children, and then the children learn from them. Maybe there's neglect. They don't spend enough time with the children. Children need that. Not listening to the children. Maybe setting different uh, double standards where the, the kids don't know what to expect. Setting favoritism. Uh, setting unrealistic expectations. Breaking promises. Always finding fault and criticizing. There's so many ways that you can mess up. What about uh, abusing their mother? Mm. Mm -hmm. Abuse them. Would that make a child angry? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. yes. Or abusing the father. There are mothers who abuse fathers. Mm -hmm. Or abusing mm -hmm. the children. Or abusing or the children. children. That could mm -hmm. make a child angry too. Oh, yes. uh, what happens to a child? Uh, I'm going to come to Rodney and then, and then the question here. What happens to a child 
when they're treated that way. That it just makes mm. them angry. Someone uh, looking Colossians chapter 3, verse 21. Samuel, maybe you could read that after Rodney's comment. Rodney, I want to take your comment, and then we'll go to Colossians 3. I was just going back to your original question with regards to what can make children angry. One of the common ways is constantly comparing them with other children, especially mm. their siblings. Uh, why can't you be like X person or Y person? And that really, really doesn't go over very well. Mm. Thank you for sharing that as an experienced parent. <laughs> All right, Samuel, Colossians 3.21 I, I, this, this made a lot of sense to me. Listen carefully to what Paul says. This is a neighboring church in Colossae, and uh, he also wrote from prison to them. I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible, Colossians 3.21. Fathers, do not exacerbate your children so that they will not lose heart. Mm. Mm. Another translation, lest they become discouraged. Discouraged. Mm -hmm. discouraged lose heart. Wow, that, that's painful even to say it, like mm -hmm. the child lost heart or, but, or became discouraged. Discouraged with what or with who? Uh, what do you think? Several things, Jason? Well, it could be the parent or could even be with God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They could definitely become discouraged with the parent, right? Mm -hmm. If uh, they're angry because the parent says, I'll spend time with you this afternoon, and then they just sit and watch a ball game mm -hmm. and they don't spend time. That, mm. So they could become discouraged with the parent, Samantha? And since the parents are the first teachers that a child will ever have, and you should be teaching that child about God, discouraged and less likely to accept Christ. There are so many, I have friends who are like not in the church, and you may think it's because of other church members or other friends. They're, they see their parents as hypocrites. Oh, that's they, painful. Yes. You mm -hmm. know, they have mm -hmm. discouraged them from the faith. And they're like, if this is a God you serve, I, I don't, don't want anything to do with that God. So back to what Jason said, it may be discouraged with a parent, but it could be discouraged with God yeah. or discouraged with church. church. Yeah. Yes. If uh, you're you know, claiming to be like really active in church and, and you're treating me like this. At home. Yes. As soon as I'm old enough, we've got like 18 hands raised. This is an important yeah. topic, right? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gone, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Samuel? So I, I think, you know, when a child sees an abusive parent and, you know, and then they read the Bible, you know, where they see God in relational terms as father, and like if I had an abusive father and God is a, f you know, Bible calls God as a father, then I don't really want this God because mm. mm. I don't want this. And so parents, you know, when they don't reflect God, they set a very bad example to mm. the children and they get a Amen. false view or a distorted view of who God is. Amen. I feel the pain in that, Zandili. Mm. Uh, when Samantha was sharing, I was reminded of my friend back home. Uh, his father is uh, a pastor, Seventh-day Adventist pastor, but he hates the church so much. And when I was asking him why, he said because he took his father away from him. Mm. He was never there for him. He was always busy Ooh. with the work of the Lord. Ooh. Mm. Abandoning, yes. I, I, I had to repent of this sin myself, abandoning our family in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Mercy. Mm. I mean, what is that? One, one uh, Christian author said, <laughs> that is sacrificing your family on a pagan altar. Ooh. Mm. 
-hmm. when you abandon your family. Mm -hmm. So they become discouraged mm -hmm. with you, <laughs> with God, with, uh, with everything you value. Mm -hmm. uh, so don't, don't provoke yeah. them. Uh, I want to ask a practical question after Nicole's comment. Well, I just want to also... I, I want to also highlight the fact that we're seeing a lot of kids who are discouraged with themselves. Yes. Ah. When we set expectations or we do things that are outside of God's will, sure. the kids turn it into themselves. And we're seeing a lot of issues with children who are discouraged mm -hmm. and treating themselves in a way that's abusive. So we don't want to forget about that. I remember a young so. lady, I won't tell you what culture she was from, but she came, she said, I was top of the class in this, 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 this. And I was second in the class in this. And all my parent could say was, mm. why were you second mm. in that class? Mm. Mm. And she was discouraged, yes. mm -hmm. but she was also angry. Right? So let's talk about healing. Because yes. uh, Jesus heals uh, damaged right. children. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm a witness to that. I'm a testimony to that. Uh, what would you say to a child that's been traumatized mm. by a less than ideal family situation because we don't want that person to pass on that same unhealthy behavior, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how can we help a child? Um, Glennie, you may be our counseling expert, but we've also got some, some parents here. We've got some um, <laughs> mature leaders here. What could I do to help a child that's been damaged by less than ideal family setting? Jackson? So I would say the first thing would be to acknowledge uh, that something wrong has happened to them. Because as Nicole pointed out earlier, children, they tend to think that it's, their, it's because of them that things are happening around them in a particular way. Mm -hmm. So we should tell the ch child that what, what has happened to them is not right and that they are in safe hands. We should make them comfortable uh, with with the relationship that we have with them, so let me let me ask you. Uh, I think there were some other hands raised here, weren't there? Uh, we talked in a previous study about finding a good role model, mm -hmm. right? Uh, we were talking then about husband and wife, right? Mm -hmm. Learning to say I'm sorry, learning mm -hmm. to say I love you. Some of those things mm -hmm. that may have been missing yeah. mm -hmm. in our uh, family of origin. Um, maybe the same principle could apply in learning how to be. A kind of parent, what did the Bible talk about? Uh, uh, bring them up in the, the training nurse. and admonition. Oh, and people say, I don't even know what that looks like. <laughs> could, could, looking for a, a model, mm -hmm. a, an example, not perfect, but yeah. could that help us? Uh, Rodney? Oh, excuse me, Sabina, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Most definitely, Derek, I think that the whole model that we need to have, first of all, is Jesus, right? So in thinking of a child that have gone through trauma, which was your initial question, the first thing that occurred to me is that a lot of people, including children who go through trauma, they eventually develop cognitive distortions. So it is also important that they can have professionals that can help and support them in that process that can help them redesign the model of what are the ways to understand the world that may have been damaged. So if they are just always overprotective or maximizing things that may have been a result of being abused. So I would add to the religious and the spiritual guidance from healthy people also, good professionals 
that can speak truth to their child about who they are and help them reconnect themselves with truth, first of all. Thank you so much for sharing. I, I feel like we could spend the whole rest sure. of the study just on this topic, but I'm impressed to tarry just a little longer. Samantha, you've so, got a child. So, uh, we want them to experience the fact that their Heavenly Father loves them with an immeasurable and unfailing love. Sometimes the situations are very sensitive, and along the line of which Sabina said, as a teacher, uh, you have to be very vigilant and very observant, and you have to recognize the signs of, of, of trauma. And as teachers, we are called mandatory reporters. And uh, uh, you know, within the word, yes, you can counsel them, but I, I'm a teacher and I see children who come in my midst every day, and a Christian teacher, I should be able to do something about it. So one, yes, I can show them love and acceptance, but sometimes there is so far you can go and no more. So it is my duty to be observant and to report it. Because mm -hmm. trauma can be, you know, they, they might be cutting themselves and sometimes that's how they, they it manifests itself, the, the abuse that they're going through. So right. that's also another way and for them to get professional help. Mm. Um. I feel the weight of what we're talking about. Mm, mm -hmm. And um, children need to know that they are loved by God. Yes. Mm -hmm. And one way they may learn is because a, a, an adult, and that adult may only be 16 or to them because they're little, or, or maybe a, a, a grandma mm. comes alongside and says, you are precious to God and loved. Mm -hmm. And what happened to you was not mm. the will Your of fault. God. Yes, mm. right. correct. God loves you, mm. and He wants you to know how much He loves Amen. you, Stephanie. Yeah, and I, I wanted to go back to what Jackson had said, and what you just reiterated, is that having worked with um, adults who have been through um, physical trauma, and children who have also been abused sexually. Um, they are need someone to tell them what happened to you was not God's doing. Mm -hmm. He had nothing to do with that, and that is not His will. Um, this is we live in a damaged world, but we need to acknowledge that it wasn't right. Mm. My mind goes back to a young lady who was cutting herself after she was healed miraculously by the power mm. of Jesus. She was able then to process all of those things that had happened. Still mm. painful memories, mm. but not trapped in them anymore mm. because mm. Jesus had made her whole. Amen. So it is possible, yes. but uh, it's a painful journey. Well, we could stay here, but I need to move on to verse 5 because um, the Apostle Paul also talks about a relationship that we hope would never exist today, but Jason, maybe you could read for us verse 5, and let's talk about uh, what he's saying, and how does that relate to us today? New King James Version says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5, bond servants be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in sincerity of heart as to Christ. Now that text has been misused a lot too. We read in a previous chapter, submit, you know, as to Christ. And, and 
there are men who abuse their, their wives oh. with that text. Mm -hmm. This has been used also uh, to, to justify mm -hmm. enslavement of people. Mm -hmm. uh, is Paul a supporter of slavery? No. no, I wouldn't say. He seems here to be saying, slaves, uh, what? Be obedient to your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling. Is he supporting slavery? Mm, no. No. Rodney, what do you think? Some people say, well, this is obviously not of God. Yes, so this is where we need precept upon precept, line upon line, here, there, and there a little, there a little. Um, if you go down to verse 9, he also now addresses, mm -hmm. and we won't, I know you, you're not there as yet, but verse 9 addresses how masters should be treating their servants. And you will see a very um, similar picture of how servants should be, should be working with their masters and masters working with their servants. But no, so the definitive answer is no. Paul isn't endorsing that at all. In fact, there are other references in Paul's writings where he condones slavery. So I'm going to ask Zandili to read one of those in a little letter called Philemon. I hope you can find it. And uh, it's, only, it's only one letter. There are no chapters. So it just has verse numbers. And in Philemon, verses 10 to 17, uh, I'd like to read that. But let me just uh, give a little background. If you really practiced all that the Apostle Paul taught, it would cause the, the institution of slavery to collapse. Mm -hmm. um, because this is a runaway slave named Onesimus mm -hmm. who sent back to his master, Philemon, by Paul. But listen to what Paul says. Let's start reading Zandili in verse 10. Okay, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Uh, verse 10 says, I appeal to you, my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten while in chains, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and to me. I am sending him back. You therefore receive him. That is my own heart, whom I wished to keep with me, that on your behalf he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel. But without, con without your consent, I wanted to do nothing, that your good deed might not be by compulsion, as it were, but voluntary. For perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose that you might receive him forever, no longer as a slave, but one than a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in flesh and in the Lord. If then you count me as a partner, receive him as you would me. That is amazing language. Mm -hmm. This is a runaway slave, mm -hmm. a yep. person that in that culture was owned by mm -hmm. someone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Paul sends him back. What do you get from those words, anybody? What, what impresses you about what Paul is saying here? Jackson? Paul is being very honest and he is very true to God. He doesn't want that person to be with him, to be profitable to him, because clearly uh, Onesimus was helping Paul to do something. And greatly appreciated mm -hmm. by Paul. Yes. Calls him my son. Mm -hmm. 
and then sending him back to his original master, uh, writing a letter to him. It's, it's a bold thing to be done. He's doing the right thing, I would say. Okay. Shay, what did you, what did you hear that's kind of shocking in this uh, short letter to Philemon? Uh, the part that impressed me the most was when he called, um, he said, uh, sen I'm sending him back not to be a slave, but as an equal and a dearly beloved brother. Oh. <laughs> yes. He's been promoted, <laughs> right? Yeah, that was um, if you were to take that <clears throat> approach to everyone who had been enslaved, what would happen to the institution of slavery? It would collapse. Yes. Now, um, I guess the question we need to ask ourselves then is um, how should we relate to uh, these kind of systems? Well, before we talk about that, is there anyone here who's been a slave? Anybody? Anybody? A slave, in, in, I'm not talking about a slave to Christ. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, oh. been enslaved by somebody. Anybody? Has anybody worked for someone and they've treated you like a slave? Oh, yes. Uh, Jason, you're nodding your head vigorously. Um, talk to us about that and how did that make you feel? Yes, so I've worked in uh, some uh, political positions and legal type positions where the spirit of Christ was not present and I've had some uh, employers or people who were in charge of me that basically felt almost like I was their property. You know, I would, whatever they told me to do, I needed to do on their time, on their way. And you know, they could say whatever they wanted, they could belittle. And so it did make me feel kind of really low, kind of down. It made me feel like I didn't have value, like I didn't belong, like I wasn't good enough for whatever they wanted. So they were treating you like a piece of property? Pretty much. Mm. They were paying me, but that was about it, emotionally. Mm. Mm. Well, let's go on. Rodney, I'm going to ask you to read verse 9, because you quoted or you alluded to verse 9 that in talking about relationships between a bondservant and a master, we need to also hear what Paul's saying to the masters, because I believe if we apply that, we demolish an institution. Mm -hmm. Now, Paul, I don't think, was trying to cause a revolution, um, but actually he was, because the gospel does cause a revolution of structure, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. uh, let's see, Rodney, how Paul continues in verse 9. Ephesians 6 and verse 9, reading from the New King James Version. And you, masters, do the same things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own masters also, master also is in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. So I have a question either for you, Rodney, or for the whole group. What are do the same things? What are the same things? What did you hear back in the chapter that, uh, well, maybe there was something in verse 5 with, uh, what did it say at the end of verse 5? Anybody remember? Yes, Shay? Uh, treat them uh, with sincerity of heart as you would in Christ. Okay. So as a master now, yeah. if you have a slave, maybe you, before you became a Christian, you bought some employees as they view them as bond servants. Mm. How are you going to treat them now? Mm. <laughs> what is it in the same 
How did it put yes, it? What were the words? Do the same things. In other words, treat them in sincerity of heart as to Christ. Yes. I wanted to say even verse 7 said, with goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men. That seems a whole lot different from the kind of abuse that we saw even in our country. But you know, there are many countries around the world where slavery still exists, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. yes. Does slavery still exist in the United States of America? Yes. yes. Anybody? I, what do you think, Nicole? I think it does. It may not be as obvious as it was um, in, our, in our past, but there's still that mentality to have authority over individuals that are not Christ-like. Hmm. I hear of parts of the world, and maybe it's even here in America, where an immigrant comes in and the owner takes away their passport, they lose yes. all identity, mm -hmm. and basically they are Enslaved. a slave. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Sabina, I saw your hand raised. Um, still happening today. Mm -hmm. Yes, Derek, and here is, I don't have the statistics right from the top of my mind, but I'm sure that currently we have more people being trafficked in slave trade for sexual purposes or even, uh, you know, for organs and things that people do illicitly uh, than at the time of black slave trade. And I know this is very serious statistics and this is all underground things that happen that some people are unaware of. So yes, that's very real and it exists, unfortunately. That is a sobering thought. Uh, mm -hmm. Sex trafficking, trafficking for organs. Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems to me that when a heart is disconnected from God, mm -hmm. all kinds of evil could happen. Yes. Rodney? As you said earlier, Derek, this is a really sensitive and deep um, topic we're discussing. Um, because as Sabina said, there are, there are lots of women and children that are affected by what we're talking about with regards to trafficking. Um, the other area that sometimes we, we don't see through these lens is also the financial credit system that we have in North America, where you, you, can, literally, you can literally get deeper and deeper in debt. And for a lifetime, you're a slave to the lender. So those are some more sophisticated ways that we can be enslaved. So here's the key question. We've got a few minutes left here. How should we as Christians, Paul's saying, I'm going to tell you how to dismantle this evil system. Bond servant, treat your master uh, as to the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and master, uh, in ser sincerity of heart, uh, receive your person as, as a beloved brother rather than an, something you own. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, it sounds like in a very, maybe, a, I don't know if covert is the right word, but certainly in a quiet way, he's dismantling a system. Yeah. Mm. What about us today? What responsibility do we have? Rodney just mentioned about sex trafficking or people becoming enslaved with credit card debt. Did any of you, when you finished college, get like 400 free credit card offers? I mean, do you remember, maybe, you're, I don't know how early, Shay, they send them. You're in high school, right? 
Uh, college now. Oh, you're in college now. Are they sending you all kinds of wonderful free credit card applications? You know, the moment you walk into a bank, uh, they're on you like a swarm of flies. Yeah, they want you to become enslaved. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, you can you can get it free, but but the debt is not free, mm. right? That's right. <laughs> How should we as Christians respond to the kind of exploitation that still exists in our culture? Mm. Uh, if we're thinking about this principle of supreme loyalty to Christ. Or should we just be getting ready for Jesus to come and not worry about any of that? Samantha? I mean, sometimes we, some people feel that they should just keep their heads down and mind their own business. But I think that we should be able to stand up for others. Sometimes we're the voice for other people. Mm. Um, you will have some people who will never speak up. Maybe they're the ones who are being oppressed. And if I'm in a better position, then I think it should, it's probably a part of my duty to stand up and speak out and say something. I mean, Ellen G. White in education, she calls for, for people who will stand for the right though the heavens fall. So, so if I was in high school, I would want Samantha to be my teacher, right? Mm -hmm. If yes. she saw cut marks on my arms or scars, uh, if she saw my tears, she would say, as a Christian teacher, I need to intervene. I need to advocate. I would wish for, you were my teacher. Yes. Shay? <laughs> I think it's also important to keep an eye out, as was said before uh, on the subject of abuse of children, but keep an eye out for any exploitation and then share information that you have mm. and resources you may have, especially when it comes to financial exploitation, mm. uh, especially because like you said, um, people get out of high school and college and there's advertising and marketing. Uh, obviously, you don't get out of high school or college knowing everything. It's good to share information and resources that you have. Mm. So there was a, a say, little saying, see something, say something. That's what I, if, if you see uh, someone being exploited, I see some remotes with hands raised. Let's start with uh, Glennie. Uh, yeah, I was just reminded of uh, was this Proverbs 31, verse 8, which says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. And that comment was just given. Uh, just the importance of maybe there's someone who they don't have the resources or the ability to speak up. So it's important for us to be observant, especially when there's some sort of abuse involved. But more than that, I think uh, similar to the illustration you gave of children in the beginning, we as a body of Christ, it, there's a reason why we're called the body of Christ to provide that safe environment uh, because we can't just ask someone leave without giving them a place to leave too. Um, so those are some things I think we should be aware of. It sounds to me, and I want to come to Sabina next, it seems to me that being a devoted follower of Jesus comes with social responsibility. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That we can't just say, well, that's that child's problem or that's that oppressed person's problem. Uh, Sabina? Most definitely, Derek. And I think that Paul is giving us such a big lesson here. You know, he's definitely not taking at face value what are some of the values of his time. And he reminds the people who are in positions that were given by society of authority that there was no partiality with God. Mm. So I think that's for us also to walk in reminding all those around us that even when we see things that are wrong, in the case of Paul, he couldn't change everything at once, but he was instilling the values of Christ mm. in the heart of that society that disconsidered women, that disconsidered even children and allowed slavery to happen 
and see what happens with time. Here we are, and we can speak for the rights of those as well. And I think what we've learned from our study is that evil still exists and there's yes. still a work to do. Nicole? I was going to say that we may not see everything, but there are organizations that actually help on a larger scale. So if we can donate our time, donate finances to those organizations, those are going to help to, to, to further the work that needs to be done for this population of vulnerable people. And we can study the word like we're doing on Hope Sabbath School, right? Yeah. Where someone might hear and say, you mean God doesn't want me to be oppressed? God doesn't want me to be abused. I thought that was just my lot in life. No, friend, God wants you to be free. Amen. Amen. He wants you to be healed. Mm. He wants you to have hope in a God who loves you with an immeasurable and unfailing love. If you've been watching today and you're feeling some pain and you need someone to pray for you, would you write to us, sshope at hopetv.org. This is not just intellectual knowledge. This is appealing to the heart to experience the freedom and healing and hope in Jesus. Amen. That's his desire in all of our relationships. Amen. And that is his desire for you. Amen. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this inspired letter uh, that Paul wrote by the Holy Spirit to Christians, not only in Ephesus, but also to us. And we realize that when we practice supreme loyalty to Christ, it will affect every relationship. I'm praying for those who need to know your love more deeply today, that they would catch a glimpse of how precious they are to you and would find the healing and blessing that you desire for them. And may we be channels of your blessing to those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School today. <laughs> Practical lessons to live as followers of Jesus in a broken world. My friend, he wants to bless you. He wants to make you whole, but don't keep the good news to yourself. Go out and be a blessing to those around you.